0: Shotglassdigital.com.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit Harry's.com and use the promo code RFR to save $5 off your first purchase. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. It's all about celebrating your love of a galaxy far, far away, and Little Debbie is the fan's choice for all those sweet moments. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com.
0: A small rebel
2: force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far,
1: far away... This is Rebel Force Radio, your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one! This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Now oh,
3: we have so much to talk about this week. So much! A lot of it is in the category of rumor, but it's meaty, meaty stuff. Plus, we're going to do some uh, reaction to a couple of trailers. Uh, one that just recently debuted, a whole brand new era of the Star Wars saga that's being unveiled before our eyes. With a new video game for, uh, looks like it's just for sort of the mobile platforms. I don't know. We'll talk about it that and so much more here on rebel force radio this week for june twelfth, two 2015 welcome back to the program we're so glad to be with you glad you could be with us and uh here to break it all down with me all the great stories that uh, maybe you've heard uh bandied about across the interwebs throughout the week my good friend and yours from chicago
1: jimmy mack Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yes, an exciting week for Star Wars news and an exciting week for Rebel Force Radio as we're packing our bags. Jason, we are packing our bags and getting ready to hop on that plane, heading down to Orlando. Some of or- us are. Some of us are. Jason, uh, again, sitting out this year. But everyone who listens to this show knows that cool things happen when Jason isn't around. So I think we're in good position to have a great time. I'm more than happy to make that uh, happen for you. You know, we have to do something. we got to gather everyone together to send a video message to you or something along those lines. Jason, I've been more active with Facebook lately. I put up a video from the uh, Joliet Star Wars Day from last weekend. Oh. Uh, one video, I have some, some other videos of some costumers and some of the activities going on that I'm, I still have in the edit bay, if you will. But uh, I did shoot some uh, video of those Klingon troubadours once again performing at Joliet Star Wars Day, and uh, they do La Bamba. You can find it on our YouTube ah, page. Nice. You have, you have a Klingon performing with Chewbacca, and Chewbacca is playing a cello. Never seen anything like it before. So that's on the Rebel Force Radio face, or, uh, YouTube page and Facebook page, for that matter. Uh, I think it's called uh, Chewie Plays Cello La Bamba. Man. With a Klingon. <laughs> With a Klingon. And, and Jason, we also released uh, Hondo Rocks, the best of Hondo Onaka from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Our good friend, Rebel Force Radio supporter, Shaz Bazaar. Yeah, he really was the cosplay king of this past Star Wars Celebration oh, Anaheim. Oh, he really everyone, was. Yeah, everyone was talking about his Hondo, Dave Filoni. Remember that, Jason? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we were backstage, yeah. it's like, have you seen him? <laughs> he does the voice. That's what Dave kept saying. Right. He does the voice. <laughs> we're like, have we seen him? We don't guy. One He's of the- one of the techno retro dads. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate, though, that um, David told us that. I mean, he requested the presence of Hondo, and we just couldn't make it happen. It was the very end of the convention. And yeah. who knows where, uh, what kind of craziness Hondo was up to at that time. But we have. I think Hondo, Hondo was actually Ruck- out
3: preaching. He was doing one of the uh, One of the services on
1: Sunday Oh that's true On the last day Shaz was our Shaz was was all decked out You remember he was all decked out In his white suit He was wearing his white suit He had those uh, Hondo goggles on Wait a second No no, I'm (laughs) I'm talking (laughs) What did that be a treat You know right Ladies and gentlemen (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen We'd like to welcome you all here today For our services Coming up to the pulpit Hondo and then he comes up and he starts, you know, hey, let's pray. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everybody, Bible time.
1: Okay, but um, but so he, he killed. And so we have a nicely produced video featuring some of the adventures of Shaz as Hondo hitting the show floor at Star Wars Celebration. So what else I'm thinking of doing is maybe posting up some videos from when we're out at Disney and, uh, you never know who we'll be bumping into or what we might be seeing. So hopefully all of our coverage will be so amazing that uh, you'll feel like you're there, even if you're not, like uh, our pal Swank. Yeah, like me. Like so, me. But, but the big news, Jason, is and why I really want to talk about this right now is because as we release the show, it's Friday. Our listener meetup is happening today. You might be listening to this show while you're driving. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. What? You just blew my mind. What do you mean? Wait, wait. You and I are recording a show right now. And you're in Disney right now at the same time? How is that possible? It's virtual. It's a virtual world we live in, Jason. Nothing's real. It's Friday? It's Friday. So you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Oh. You (laughs) you almost got me in big trouble. No, 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 no. You don't have to go to work tomorrow. It's Friday. It's Friday. Today's the day we're going to be having our big listener meetup. Now, here's the thing. I had to bring it up because we've moved our time. We've bumped it up two hours earlier because many have reached out to us with concerns, Jason. They're, they're concerned because the timing of our meetup is bumping up right up against the start of the conversation with Frank Oz. So it's going to oh be my. hard for people. What, what people like to do, you know, they, they get out of line from the, the uh, stars of the saga and then they get right back in line. So they get good seats for Frank Oz. Well, and we yeah. understand. Yeah. Right. So right. we're all about that. We're all about that. And uh, we heard your pleas, and uh, I don't think we really realized how that schedule. It's a unique schedule for that weekend. So I don't think we were really sure about how all the nuts and bolts are working. Now we know. Conversation with Frank Oz happens at 5.15. Our listener meetup is happening at 2.30 p.m., same location as we discussed last week, the New York Hotel on Streets of America. This will be right after the Rebels Q&A. And an hour before the stars of the saga, so we got plenty of time. Meet us, uh, meet up over there. We might even be there a little bit before two thirty, because we'll probably head over right after the the rebels panel, and uh, but we'll we'll definitely be there at two thirty. So, uh, well,
3: I'm glad that you're making this change because you don't want people having to decide between seeing Frank Oz in one of his yeah. rare Star Wars promotional appearances and. Eating Little Debbie snack cakes with Jimmy Mack and Steve Glosson. I mean,
1: that, that, that kind of choice. Too bad we can't get Frank Oz to join us and we can munch <laughs> on Little Debbie's with him. But that's not going to happen. Little Debbie snack cakes. Louis, <laughs> <laughs> Frank is, Frank is going to be elusive. Frank is going to be elusive. Uh, you know, to the best of my knowledge, yeah. he, this is the only appearance he's going to be making. During uh, Disney Star Wars weekends, is it, during this conversation with Frank Oz, he's not signing. Yeah, no, no. He's going to be like Sinatra. The car's going to drive up right to the stage, mm-hmm. drop
3: him off, and it's going to stay there, and he gets right in it and takes off. He's like a thief in the night, that guy. He's out of there.
1: You know it. I think the odds are good, though, that he will be partaking in the parade that happens at 11 o'clock. So that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. At least you can see him drive by.
3: Well, sure, and, and, and get a, catch a wave.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: and uh, and uh, Jim, for I give you ten dollars to run out in the middle of the parade and hug him.
1: Ten bucks, I'll do it for free. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you're like, run out in the middle of the, you know, you see that all the time, right? You know, yeah. uh, growing up here in Canton, Ohio, where we have the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame parade. I've seen I've seen many uh, uh, middle aged women run out in the middle of the street and hug, you know, whatever enshrinee. Is is going in. Uh, coach Ditka, that right. one comes to mind. A lot of women running out and, and hugging the coach. Oh,
1: for sure. Oh, look, it's mean Joe Green. Ah! <laughs> so that'll be like me with Frank Oz. Right. Oh, look, it's Frank Oz. Ah! And then, you know, the, the security will come with their stun batons and <laughs> swiftly remove me from the, the park. <laughs> Let the memories begin. <laughs> so, uh... It's, it's very exciting. We don't want anybody to miss Frank Oz, of course. So we're going to be uh, meeting up at 2.30. We're going to hang out. We'll do a little bit of recording, some podcasting, so you'll be able to hear yourself on Rebel Force Radio if you're with us. And uh, then we're going to go hit Star Tours. So we'll, we'll probably be at the New York Hotel until about 3 o'clock, and then we'll drift on over to Star Tours and uh, have a blast over there. And then uh, maybe go see Stars of the Saga, too. Let's, let's just see where the, the evening takes us from that point. Uh, but I say the more, the merrier. So if we can put together a nice entourage of Rebel Force Radio listeners, Star Wars fans hanging out at uh, Disney Star Wars Weekends, that will be awesome. I will be there. Trisha Barr will be there. And, of course, Big Steve is going to be there. It can't be a Rebel Force Radio listener meetup unless we're with a – he probably calls himself uh, the Rebel Force Radio valet, <laughs> uh, because Steve does take really good care of us. He, he makes nice. sure, you know, he meets us at the airport. Uh, we all uh, check in at the hotel together uh, and then he gives us uh, bag massages by the pool. It's wonderful. Oh, nice. Those big <laughs> so, strong hands of his, I can just imagine. Yeah, you know, it's just like kneading the dough. Yeah. And so uh, Big Steve is going to be with us. And Big Steve, he sent us this song, Steve Glosson, uh-huh. from Geek Out Loud, he's, uh, he wrote us this email. Of course, the, the Subject line of the email caught my attention. The parody nobody asked for. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like parody. a very Steve, Steve title. The parody nobody asked for. So Big Steve says, uh, this song was on the radio the other day, and I just thought of one line and how we all want to just see the new Star Wars. So he's listening to this tune, whatever. I haven't listened to this yet, by the mm-hmm. way. But so he's, uh, he turns on the radio. I don't even know what this is a parody of. But he turned on the radio, heard this song, all of a sudden was struck by divine intervention and realized that he needed to record a song for Rebel Force Radio. He sent it to us now. The title of this track is New Wars. It's uh, getting its uh, world podcast debut here on Rebel Force Radio. Steve Glosson with his parody, Nobody Asked For.
2: I've been standing in line since I don't know when So I can buy the first ticket, be the first one in I hope it all turns out just the way I want it to be Tell me what you want I want <laughs> lightsaber fights and some X-Wing ships So learn a big secret a Kylo Ren And a king-sized tub of popcorn for ten plus me So what you need? I need a Charlie won't mind if I miss it in a nice big tent with a bathroom in it. Gonna join the RFR team when they finally hear about me. I want a fresh new story with our old stars. I kinda hope they don't build a third dance star. But if they have a two back or two, it's just fine with me. I'm getting so hot up, I'll probably go insane I really wish they'd tell me Ray's last name because you I'm all just so a- wanna see the new Star Wars And buy new Han Solo figures when they're at the store To learn more about the droid BB-8 I can't wait to be there when the Force awakes And we'll... Hang out at the midnight show. It will be in the winter, so I hope it don't snow. Those big yellow words will be sweeping the nation. Though you all cried back in celebration, well, hey hey, I wanna see new Star Wars. Yeah. Hey hey, I wanna see new Star Wars. Ah. We got Supreme Leader Snoke along with Captain Phasma. I bet someone new is now flying the Falcon. I wonder what Jabba would say if he were here with me. <laughs> 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 that old Jammiron is gonna bring the action. I think Finn may defect from the Imperial faction. I can't wait to hear my favorite astrodroid whistle and beep. R2. Where are you? I'm getting so hyped up, i probably go insane. I really wish they'd tell me Ray's last name. Cause we all just want to <laughs> see the new Star Wars in my new hand. So, figures when they're at the store to learn more about the droid BB-8. I can't wait to be there when the boss awakes and we'll hang out at the midnight show. It will be. In the winter, so I hope it don't snow. Those big yellow words will be sweeping the nation. You know you won't cry back at celebration, and we'll look out for the podcast schools with the latest bit of news just to tell us who's who. We'll hear the reactions from a guy named Kyle as he demands vintage cards up and down the toy aisle. (laughs) Hey, hey, we wanna see new Star Wars. (laughs) I'm gonna learn about the Force and how to sense it Fill a backpack up with Star Wars best dispensers I'll buy all the novels no matter how long And learn all the lines so I don't get them wrong Cause we all just wanna see the new Star Wars And find new Han Solo figures when they're at the store <laughs> To learn more about the droid BB-8 I can't wait to be there when the Force awakes And we'll... Hang out at the midnight show. It will be in the winter, so I hope it don't snow. Those big yellow words will be sweeping the nation. We know you all cried back at celebration. Well, we'll look out for the podcast scoops with the latest bit of news just to tell us who's who. We'll hear the reactions from a guy named Kyle as he demands vintage cards up and down the toy island. Hey, hey, I want to see new Star Wars. Hey, hey, I want to <laughs> see new Star
3: Wars.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Big oh. Steve. That's fantastic. Wow. I mean, that really does put us in the new era, the era of The Force Awakens with that. That's the, I think that is the first... I think it's the final word when it comes to uh, st- uh, song parodies in The Force Away. Weird Al could take a page out of the Big Steve songbook. That was fantastic.
1: That was fantastic. And you uh, got to love that Kyle
3: Newman shout out there. Yeah, so- name dropping. i got to pick up some of those names there. But, uh, yeah, that was great. Vintage, <laughs> yeah.
1: vintage cards up and down the aisle. Right. That was Brilliant. Best. Well, okay, so uh, Steve hit it out of the park right there. Clearly. It was uh, his uh, parody of uh, Nickelback's Rockstar. And uh, I am uh, just thrilled to death with that. <laughs> that yeah, is, yeah. His production, remember uh, Mandalore Rain, his big breakthrough song. Right, uh, from, right. Well, that uh, really put him on the map. Uh, yeah, Mandalore map. Rain, but now The New Wars is out. And, uh,
3: well, you know, the th- sophomore effort is always the one where you're the most anxious. And I would say that he, he, the sophomore curse
1: not existent in Steve's career. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, if he's going to put out an album, I want to, I want to get a piece of that pie. So, uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, call me, call me. Let's, uh, let's talk. Let's talk. That was great stuff. Um,
3: hey, by the way, um, I, I see what's next on the rundown here, uh-huh. and I, I hope that it's going in the
1: direction that I think it's going to go. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you take it. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it, w- it, it would be fair that we follow up on this. Uh, I don't know if it's a foggy memory you're having, Jason, or just some weird fetish. Um, <laughs> Could be either, knowing but, me. It might be both. But for some reason, um, you seem to believe that there was a mail-away premium offered back in the vintage collecting days for fan favorite General Dean. Never we're calling him a fan kid.
3: favorite, but well, uh,
1: <laughs> we're taking saying that editorial with a license, kind of a eye roll and a sarcastic <laughs> smile. Oh, uh, yeah. General Maydean, of course, uh-huh. kids uh, of the 80s probably remember the, the mantra of mom, has general Maydean shown up in the mail yet. And then the following disappointment. um when the figure actually did show up. No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when you didn't get it. Uh, General Maydeen with his action baton, uh, a favorite of no kid anywhere. And uh, so <laughs> we, we just thought, you know, Jason, you, you, made, you made the mention because, you know, those, those mail-away experiences for the action figures were so important in the 70s and 80s to kids Star Wars fans. It was what every kid did. We all mailed away for that Boba Fett and expected it to be shooting rockets out of its back when it showed up, and it didn't. And then we mailed away for Bosk and Admiral Akbar and other action figures, and that's a tradition Hasbro even kept going up until uh, recent years, the mail-away action figure. But I just couldn't comprehend your memory of a General Maydeen mail-away. I just thought, who would go for this? Why Why would Hasbro promote something like General Maydeen? He's just such a filler action figure. I just... Never really enjoyed his presence on the screen or in my He was collection. a really strange choice
3: for an action figure, I will say. You know, in a world where we never saw Grand Moff Tarkin, right? We, you know, or General Dodonna, we got to get the Maidine out.
1: So I had to go to the experts. I had to go to the historians, mm-hmm. and uh, so I reached out to Dan Curdo because the ah. experts and historians were not available. No, no, no. <laughs> there are, seriously, there are very few people out there who have. The, the mind trap that a Dan Curto has when it comes to Star Wars action figures and the history that they've provided to Star Wars yeah. fans. So I wrote him. I said, Dan, please tell me. What's the deal with General Maydean? Was he a mail-away figure? I found a picture of him in one of those old mail-away baggies. That's what I was going to tell you. That was I the thing. I feel like I
3: solved the case.
1: That he's was a, the he's thing. He's in a
3: mail-away baggie.
1: So Curto replies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. After several follow-ups, because you know how busy he is. Colonel um, <laughs> replies, there were four figures from Return of the Jedi that were available first through mail-in offer. All right. The, the, the figures are, mm-hmm. in this order, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Admiral Ackbar, mm-hmm. a rebel. Nine Numb, a rebel. Mm-hmm. The Emperor, and Anakin, old Anakin. So, th- those are your four figures. No General Maydean. Mm. So Sebastian Shaw, is, Anakin. So, the question yeah. is, yes, yes. So, the question is, what's up with the mailer bag? Why, why are we seeing pictures of General Maydean in mailer right. right. bag? The, the right. mailer bag that would hold the, the Boba Fett figure, or the boss figure when it showed up in your mailbox, or these four figures from Jedi. Kurdo says that it's most likely it's part of a promotional offer that was attached to certain toys. So, like in later years, Hasbro or Kenner would include action figures with certain purchases of play sets or vehicles like the, the Rebel Transport would have some figures in there or, uh, or, or they'd, they'd repurpose an old play set and remarket it with some packed in action figures. And Kirtle believes that it was part of that kind of offer or it could have been factory overstock. We did a little research on that and realized there were many Kenner figures that were in those little mailer bags well, that weren't well, necessarily- I find
3: it very difficult to believe that there was ever an overabundance of general May Dean figures. Those flew off the
1: shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the
3: <laughs> there's no way. No way that those were swinging from the pegs. No were or
1: warming the pegs. No, no. Um, apparently, you know, there was um, factory overstock with just about every figure. Oh, yeah. And that's why you see so many of them in these mailer bags. But oddly enough, General Maydeen was part of the initial Return of the Jedi launch, the action figure launch in 1983. He was part of the first wave. Nothing will drive kids into a movie theater more than a gray-haired, gray-bearded <laughs> figure with an action baton. <laughs> But uh, no, the bottom line is no, General Maydean was not available through a mail-away offer. And this comes from action figure collector Dan Curto.
3: I think what's happening is I'm conflating tooth images. I have the image in my mind as a kid of seeing General Maydean in the plastic mail-away bag. So maybe I was at a, who knows, maybe I was at a KB Toys outlet, right, an outlet store, and, and saw a General Maydean and... The image of Sebastian Shaw Anakin Skywalker male-away figure with the gray hair. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think I might be
1: conflating the two. You were very so, young at that time. I was, I was six years
3: old. Come on.
1: So we all have fuzzy memories.
0: <coughs> you know. Some more fuzzy Some- than
1: others. Yeah, some people can't remember when they were six. Some people can't remember when they were 26, but let's move on. Um, <laughs> but speaking of action figures. Speaking of action figures, and of course, uh, Kyle Newman, our friend who was mentioned in uh, Steve Glossin's song, Smuggler's Bounty, Jason. Mm-hmm. The hit, the big smash hits production from Star Wars Celebration, Smuggler's Bounty. You can watch it now on YouTube on the starwars.com channel. If you remember for the original play, Smuggler's Gambit, we had a custom action figure contest. Well, we're doing it again. So um, the, the, the feedback was so great the first time. We're doing it again. We're uh, once again offering Star Wars fans an opportunity to participate in a Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty custom action figure contest. That's right. Your friends here at Rebel Force Radio. We're teaming up once again with the Customs for the Kid blog, great customizing action figure website. Customs for the kid. And we're hosting the Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty Custom Action Figure Contest. Of course, we're encouraging first-time customers to jump in on the fun. We want as many entries as possible. It's an all-ages event. you said
3: said customers. Is there Customers, I've (laughs) been. Customizers. What are we selling here? Oh, customizers, of course. Customizers, sir. Oh, first-time
1: customizers. Got to get the Sculpey out. Get the Sculpey out. Get the um, acrylic paint with the fine paintbrush. uh, Sculpt away, paint away, head swaps, do it all. All entries received will be displayed in a video that we'll post up, and it'll also be on the Customs for the Kid blog. Now we have rules, Jason. We do have rules. All the uh, The otherwise, it's anarchy. Yeah, we can't have that be like Cloud City once Lando tells everyone to evacuate. We can't have that.
3: <laughs> oh, that just turned into a week-long party. You know. Once the, <laughs> once the Imperials were out of there and Lando.
1: Oh, can you imagine? It'd be kind of interesting to hear about like what happened to Cloud City after the Im- Imperials took over. It'd be yeah. cool. Well, there was one story I read, I think it was in Star Wars Infinities, where they, uh, they shorted out the... Uh, repulsors that kept the city afloat and it just no. crashed into the gas planet. Oh. And the last image, the final panel was Lando's cape flapping in the wind. <laughs> For real? <laughs> yeah, Dark Horse oh. Dark Horse uh, Empire Strikes Back Infinities. Check that out. Um I like to think that it just became like the Star Wars universe version
3: of Studio 54.
1: Oh, it started swinging. Yeah, it just man. started swinging. Absolutely. Okay. I see, Warhols I think that's there. Was, that was going on before the Imperials showed up. <laughs> All right, but so, yeah, Anarchy on Cloud City, not in the custom action figure contest. The, the deal is um, the figures can be any scale. So if you want to do uh, three and three-quarter inch, the classic, six inch, the new six inch, or you know, 12 inch, whatever you come up with. It, it doesn't even matter. If you come up with a unique scale, it's fine. Enter it. Uh, You're encouraged to submit as many entries as you want. Include one to four photos per custom action figure, front, back, left, right. Uh, Photoshop manipulations not allowed. No glowing sabers. No additional uh, effects added to you. It has to be a raw, clear, crisp focus uh, photo because we want to focus on the custom and not any enhancement going on with the picture. We got to keep it real. You need to include your email name, mailing address with your entry, and send it all to us here at show at rebelforceradio.com. And even if it's an old action figure that you did years ago, if it applies to the characters and situations of Smuggler's Bounty, then go ahead and turn them in. Now, let's talk about the characters. You, of course, have Han Solo as played by David Collins. That's the one I'm entering. (laughs) <laughs> That's easy. You're just going to rip it off the card, take th- four pictures of it and send it, there to, it to There you go. There you go. Don't you you can't do that. Oh, That's I can't. Not. Um you have Chewbacca, you have uh Princess Leia played by Catherine Tabor, uh 3 POs there. Um Matt Lanter uh played Luke Skywalker and uh Scott Porter played Wedge. And uh, here's now. Here's the th- and R two was in it, of course. But here's the thing that I think we're really looking for. This is not a rule. You can do any character from the play, but I think it's best to do the the characters that are unique to the play. The characters we debuted in the play, like Jamie King's character, Trey Atlantic. the something of a romantic connection to Han Solo. She's uh, the romantic foil, if you will, in the play. Uh, Jamie was fantastic as Treya, and I would love to see an action figure of Treya Lannick that we could put up on our Facebook page and uh, our website. James Arnold Taylor played Horan Croy, who was uh, our bad guy. He was our, our antagonist, and uh, I, would, I would love to see a, a version of him. Uh, Sam Witwer played Moff Tolik, So if you want to get Imperial with your customization, you can do that. D. Baker played Taff Phaedros, who is a uh, uh, this, this cat they were doing negotiations with um, uh, uh, within the play. Scott Porter also played a sabak dealer. So you could maybe come up with an interesting looking sabak dealer or Matthew Woods, Imperial Captain. We have some resistant fighters in there. There's all kinds of different directions you can go in with your customs. So whip it up. Take some photos. Send it to us. Show it Rebel Force Radio. You got to... August thirty first. We have not really uh, determined what the prize package will be, but uh, we'll come up with something really cool, guaranteed. So uh, get hard to work on those customs. Uh, do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Send it to us. Show at rebelforceradio.com. dot com. Subject line: Smugglers Bounty Customs. That was a lot of fun last time.
3: I re- you used to sh- you'd share the photos amongst a lot of us, you know,
1: via email. So that was. That was a good time. Right. And we'll have our, our same uh, judging committee. Yeah. You, Jason, myself, Kyle, yeah. FJ, Paul, um, David Collins. The of the Paul, for the record,
3: is the, he's the toughest judge.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You have to win him over. That ain't easy. Bullocks. <laughs> <laughs> he never said that about anyone. No, I know. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's just, just it we got to go with yeah. the meme now. Yeah.
3: Like right. Paul, Paul who's literally the nicest man on the planet. We've t- we've turned yeah. his him into bollocks. a character. Yeah. He's like a, bollocks, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and uh and uh Sam Witwer will also be one of the judges too. Uh-huh. So you might, you know, win some bonus points if you do Moff Tolik, mm. Sam's character. So, mm. and Sam was great in the play as well. So, uh, really looking forward to that. Also, speaking of Kyle Newman and uh, Rebel Force Radio Contest, we do have a Barely Lethal giveaway. Barely Lethal, you can watch it video on demand and in theaters now, starring uh, Haley Seinfeld. Um, gosh, uh, such a great cast. Samuel L. Jackson, Mace Windu, um, and uh, Dove Cameron who's fantastic in the film. So, yeah, you want to see Barely Lethal. So much fun. We asked the question. We said, it was actually Kyle who asked. He said, if you can find the cameo of Kyle's baby within the movie Barely Lethal, you will win an autographed Barely Lethal poster. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, I thought it was going to be harder. I thought we'd have to wait a few weeks before someone finally... Track down the appearance of James Knight Newman in Barely Lethal. But Jason, this week we have a winner. Well, it's been two weeks. So it's, it's, it is one of our tougher contests. It is. Yeah. We, we were making it easy. Last week I gave the clue freeze frame is your friend. And uh, someone took me up on it. You know, in this stage of video on demand, you can freeze frame and find the right moment. A lot of people were guessing uh, certain scenes, uh, but we, we did get a winner here from uh, a winning. Uh, Answer from Brett, who uh, was using his freeze frame. The the clue I was going to give this week was tromboner. Okay. So if I said tromboner, yeah, that's right. Tromboner. So if you watch Barely Lethal, you know the scene I'm talking about. It's one of the funniest scenes in the whole film. And uh, sure enough, we heard from Brett. He says, I found them. Repeat, I found them. At least I think I have. I'm fairly certain the cameo of James Knight Newman is on the YouTube pages of the mascot Beatdown, a.k.a. the Tromboner. There's a video over to the side that says, cutest baby ever, four R's, and it's by a user named Kyle the Ace, <laughs> the same user who posted the video they're watching. The, same, the, the Tromboner video was shot by Kyle the Ace. Hopefully this isn't some delusion of grandeur I've just had, I've been watching really closely, trying to find it. Well, guess what, Brent? You are right. You found the picture of uh, James Knight Newman. They shoot a video of um, a school mascot beating up a bunch of uh, kids from the other school who are attempting to steal the mascot. And, of course, um, it is Haley Steinfeld, and she is a trained assassin. She beats these guys up. Someone shoots it and puts it on YouTube. It goes viral. And they show the laptop. They show the YouTube page. You see the video is shot by Kyle the Ace. And you see Kyle Newman's picture, the profile picture right there on the Tromboner video. Then off to the side, you know, Jason, where they show other videos shot by the uh, same uh, account. Yeah, right, And and that's where you see Cutest Baby Ever. And there's James Knight Newman's big face smiling at you. And uh, so Kyle uh, had the whole family in Barely Lethal. Jamie is the first actor you see in the film. She has the first lines of the film. And then uh, young James Knight is featured on the YouTube page along with Kyle the Ace himself. God, when I first met Kyle, that was his uh, email address, Kyle that's the that's Ace. Right. yeah. And uh, so <laughs> Kyle the Ace lives on and barely lethal. So congratulations, Brett. We'll get a hold of you, and we'll get your shipping address, and we'll get that autographed poster out to you right away. But the giveaways don't end here. No, they don't. We got a tweet. Uh, Sean Grooms at SMG333 says, the only thing that would have made me enjoy your argument more would be some little debbie. And of course Sean is talking about our big controversial debate last week Jason about <laughs> when the release date <laughs> for the Force Awakens novel is happening. Boy, uh, that got a lot of reaction in the Twitterverse. Uh, a lot of uh, somebody referred to it as the uh, the mommy and daddy are fighting episode. <laughs> Never in front of the kids. Never. <laughs> But uh, that that was fun, and it it, uh, gave a lot of people a lot of laughs. Guys like Sean Grooms. So Sean is going to be getting our Galactic Snack Pack this week from our friends at Little Debbie, including Cosmic Cupcakes. So, um, Sean, get a hold of us, send us your shipping address, and we'll get the Little Debbie Galactic Snack Pack into the mail to you ASAP. You know we give away Little Debbie each and every week here on Rebel Force Radio, and we'll be giving it away this Friday at Disney Star Wars Weekends to anyone who attends. And we do it each and every week because Little Debbie, of course, is the official snack of Rubble Force Radio.
3: I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right. Well, yes, Harkening back to last week's episode and the debate heard round the galaxy. As I was just merely r- responding to a story that had appeared online where several release dates of upcoming books related to The Force Awakens uh, w- were being reported. And the the, the the details were sketchy at best, but these were apparently some sort of catalog listings uh, or online listings for uh, uh, an online seller of books. And anyway, one thing led to another, and there was speculation on my part that One of the release dates, which I think was a late February release date or a mid-February release date, was going to be The Force Awakens novelization. Right. Now, Jimmy countered that and said, Wait a minute. No. At the panel at Celebration uh, that you moderated, Swank, (laughs) it was revealed that the book would be released. uh, I think that, that the term that they said... Early in the year, or something like that, or yeah they did i don 't believe they actually said January
1: yeah, what was the company line on that? I think um, it
3: was uh, you know early two thousand and sixteen or something
1: for sure, yeah, um,
3: but they did announce that Alan Dean Foster was going to write it, that yes. the e version was going to be released day and date with the film, so December eighteenth. And so anyway, I I saw this and I, I, you know, got on my soapbox and said, oh, this is just J.J. trying to tell me when I can buy the book and, you know, the secrecy and all of this stuff. And uh, Jimmy Mack was hearing none of it. He said, no, there's no way they're going to wait that long. It's going to be out sooner than that. I think this is wrong. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Jimmy was right. Well, for what reasons, though? What reasons? (laughs)
1: Well, here's the thing. I wasn't. It wasn't like right or wrong. I was just skeptical about it all. I I didn't trust the source, and and I had heard what you had heard from official sources that the hardcover will be on sale in January. The ebook will go on sale twelve eighteen, concurrent with the release of the film. Hardcover to follow in January. I thought it would be a matter of weeks, not months. So I was very skeptical about the source too. The the German website. Uh, and just the vagueness of that press release, talking about a placeholder title for a book. Well, without, wait, 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 you, no, but no. they didn't even wait. offer a placeholder title for but, the book. But, well, OK, but that's what bothered me. And also, it wasn't really it wasn't day, a
3: press release. It was, it was a story that was written on a website based on some leaked information uh, through a, a, an e-tailer, a, a web retailer of, of books.
1: Well, that's fine. But what we should have done, because I didn't realize that there was some sort of mystery in the wind here until we started up the show. But typically what we like to do is if we have a question, then we'll follow it up with our legitimate contacts within Del Rey and say, hey, what's up with this? Are they talking about the novelization here? And they would have either said yes or no or no comment. Um, well, no, I, I didn't get a no comment because uh, they, they did respond to me pretty quickly by saying that uh, that the book was coming in January, um, and then once you know it, as soon as we release the show, uh, Del Rey does announce an actual release date for the Force Awakens novelization. It's almost as if we sort of uh, knew that. Uh, the announcement was coming, but uh, the big mystery was that March date. The thing that really was a red flag to me also, and I didn't say this on the show last week, was that book that's coming in March was only set to have about 200 pages. Oh, Was, that, believe, was that
3: all the way in March?
1: Yes. February.
3: Okay, so it was in March. Well,
1: that's, that explains why I was so mad. <laughs> well, of course, and a lot of people got fired up about it, too, um, the thing is, is I don't. I think the the Force Awakens novelization will be more in the ballpark of three hundred and seventy to four hundred pages. I want to say three hundred and seventy. I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, and then this book that is going to be released in March is was only two hundred pages. So I was really confused by that too. I was just skeptical, Jason. I wasn't necessarily saying that. I was right or you were wrong, but I didn't, I didn't feel it. I just, there was, there was a lot of question marks going on there. And like I said, wouldn't you know, as soon as we release the show, um, leave it uh, to uh, the timing of press releases to pull any credibility out from underneath our feet. (laughs) And, uh, but, uh, but so it's been settled though. We do have a release date and is it still, so we're, we're talking a few weeks, two weeks. Yeah, it's an official release, of release date, an official hardcover release date. Two weeks after the release of the film, does that ruin the experience for you? Getting the book after the release of the film. Well, yeah, a little bit because
3: okay. I, you know I'm I'm definitely going to see it uh, if not before the official release date of the you know the if I don't you know end up seeing some sort of a preview. Let's just say Uh, I'm going to be there for sure. December 18th, the day that it hits theaters. And, you know, as tradition would have it, I would generally then trek over to the bookstore and pick up the book and maybe a few other uh, pieces of merch. Right on. Right. Uh, So, I mean, it does bother me a little bit, really. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. but you know what? I probably have done more reading. More consumption of magazines and and books since I got an iPad than I probably did all those years before. Truly, so nine times out of ten, I am going to buy the electronic version anyway, um, unless it's you know a coffee table book, a picture book, or something like that. So, um, I suppose not. I suppose not, considering that the e version will be available day and date with the film. I'll just go home after having seen the movie
1: and download the electronic version of the book and start reading. Well, people were pretty fired up about it. A lot of people did have some strong opinions on it. Some people are saying they're not even going to buy the book at all, which I think is silly. What, um, a protest? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. no, no. no. You, you we're not advocating it. that. I
3: mean, I was really mad when I thought that it was going to be March, and the way that the story read that we, again, just reacting to... What was being put out there on the internet um, that was my that was my feeling. The story was reading like that was the novelization um, but clearly not the case and yes i I will eat the crow. I was wrong <laughs> I was wrong but uh, oh, but dirty. certainly some of the other uh, dates where they had definitive titles for the books, the junior novelization. Uh, and the, uh, the, the the storybook th- those are going to be uh, delayed those are going to be out in uh february
1: some there some. will be i I believe there will be things to purchase at the bookstore when the film comes out, like art of books, making of books what have you i i don 't know i 've not seen any sort of list about those type of official releases, really the only thing we know about is the the journey to the force awakens we've heard a lot about that a lot of people are speculating that that march release that controversial untitled march release will be a follow up to the aftermath novel that comes out in september the aftermath ah, novel yes see. okay because that is scheduled to be a trilogy of books the first book bridging the gap from jedi to the force awakens Mm -hmm. And then the follow-ups, I assume, I can't assume anything about that book. Um, I I really can't. But uh, excited to read it, going to read it. That's what I consider to be the official new start of of Star Wars publishing um, under the guise of the new canon. I believe what we've seen up to this point are uh, leftover books from the previous expanded universe era that just happened to be able to fit into where the story group is pushing the uh, saga moving forward. And, the uh, of course, the filmmakers. Um, I should say the filmmakers. I believe the filmmakers themselves have the most impact on the direction the Star Wars saga is moving in. The story group is more or less a group that just kind of keeps everything under control. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of mystery there. One of these days, Jason, we're going to be flies in the wall at one of those story group meetings. They don't know it yet. No. But, uh, but we'll be there. We will be there. Our ears will be in that room. And uh, we might even pop in and make some suggestions and stuff before, again, the security with the shock prods remove us from the facility. But, uh, <laughs> no, our influence doesn't run that deep. Um, so, But, that, you know, that's, that's, it's really exciting to think about um, how we're going to fill the time between the September release of a lot of these cool books that will prime us for the force awakens and then getting to the doorstep of the film itself, watching the film and then reading the novelization for it. I think if you look at it that way, I like the progression of, of the, the outside reading material as it comes out in relation to the film. I think that's a really quite acceptable and awesome way to do it. Well, it's okay. Okay. It's all right. I just prefer to
3: have it all available by the time the movie comes out and not this kind of, you know, well, let's not trust people to we don't want to trust people that they won't read it in advance. Well, who cares? What if you want to?
1: Yeah, I know. And and maybe we're just kind of spoiled as uh, consumers of film and, uh, and books where we've grown to ex- expect that, but. Maybe the trends are going to be going elsewhere. I never understood, Jason, having all the security around the sets of the Star Wars films, all of this top secret nature, and then a month before the film comes out, it all gets revealed in a comic or a novel or both. I just never understood the rationale behind something like that.
3: Well, I mean, you know, you have to have uh, some real purpose behind going to a bookstore, picking up a book, buying it, bringing it home, reading it or standing there even in the in the store itself and and, and flipping through and reading it. I mean, y- it's not as though you're going to find yourself halfway through and go, "Oh damn, this is the this is the movie." It's ruined for me. <laughs> like no one's going to accidentally do this. So I don't know who who's being protected here other than just there's this obsession. Uh, there's always been this obsession. Uh, when it comes to Star Wars storytelling in the films, to keep it a secret. Well, I I understand that. But now with J.J., it seems to have gone to that uh, kind of, uh, you know, what what they call it in Spaceballs, ludicrous speed. They've gone ludicrous with this and to the extent that, you know, we just don't trust people to have the story in their hands prior to... Uh, the release of the film. Now, no, some no, of you this, not and minute.
1: you can't. You can't, because in this day and age, with social media, Facebook, Twitter, the internet, you, you put it out there, everyone's going to find out about it. You won't be able to turn on your computer. You'll even turn on, like, mainstream news, and they'll be breaking these stories before you even get a chance to to think about buying the novel. I, the I, day no, it comes know,
3: out. No, 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 that wouldn't happen.
1: It, it happens all the time. It happened just this week with Star Wars Comics, and the big reveal that happened in the... Uh, Well, that's apples and oranges. Well, yeah, but it's still it just is an example of how I don't see Wolf Blitzer coming on
3: CNN saying, "Hey, this just in: the Force Awakens novelization was hit shelves,
1: and guess what? Kylo Ren is bull. That will happen. Wolf loves the wars. (laughs) He's in the Wolf Pack, but (laughs) of course, he's the original. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about another book. All right, all
3: right. right? Well, let's talk about.
1: Let's, no, this is a book. I, this is I'm going off the rundown because I happen to have. Oh, wait a minute! You're, the novel "Heir to the Jedi" in front of me, and I just want to read a little passage to you, okay? I oh, this is, the, we
3: talked about this last week.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't have the audio book with me, but I mean, this is a devotion to accuracy department here at work. I just don't want to be shooting my mouth off about a passage in a book that kind of uh, turned me off, without uh, really giving it the, the spotlight it deserves. So, uh, you opening. Said you, uh,
3: you read this. What you're about to read, you read this, and then you slammed the book shut, and you read no more.
1: Uh, that's true. You got that's to this true. point. Star Wars, heir to the Jedi. The mm-hmm. bookmark is still on page 100 because <laughs> uh, the bookmark moved to no further after I read this passage. Keep in mind, the book is told from the perspective of Luke Skywalker. This is a firsthand account, and uh, it's told in first person. He meets a woman named Nakari and uh, ask her why she's involved in the rebellion. And uh, I'll pick it up here. She looked down, clenched her jaw, and tightened her good hand into a fist, then made an effort to relax and speak calmly. The Empire killed my mother over a song. What? My mother was a songwriter and a vocalist. She sang backup harmonies for a band. Really? What band? Don't laugh, Okay. The name wasn't her idea. They were called Hako Draslip and the Tootle Fruits. The Tootle Fruits? Nakari sighed with a note of impatience. I know how ridiculous it sounds to tell people your mom was a tootle Fruit. I don't even know what a tootle Fruit is, okay? But anyway... She wrote a political song for the group, and they recorded it, and it became their biggest hit. Thing is, got them all sent to the spice mines of Kessel.
3: Oh my god. Oh but my
1: god. But that means she could still be alive, says Luke. No, she said flatly. This was ten years ago. There's no hope she's alive now. We both knew that life expectancy in the mines wasn't above a year or two. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally understand that would spur you on to do something. I paused, wanting to know more but not wishing to pry. Curiosity eventually got the better of me. That's a pretty extreme reaction to a song on the Empire's part, though. What was it? Would I know it? Depends on your access to declared contraband. It was called Vader's Many Prosthetic Parts. Hey, I know that. Hilarious song. I didn't know the band had been punished for it, though. Oh, it happened quickly. She gazed down onto her lap, her voice soft. Mere days after its release, Lord Vader has no sense of humor. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the type. I paused a moment, still having trouble saying it. He's responsible for my father's death. Oh, huh, so we have that in common. Except you know what your mother did. I have no idea why my father deserved his betrayal. I'm sure he didn't deserve it any more than my mother did, Luke. So, uh, wow. Um, not only was there a, uh, a hit song out there called Vader's Many Prosthetic Parts, but Luke knew it and thought it was a hilarious song. Ha! <laughs> Where'd he hear it on Doctor Demento? Oh, the whole
3: thing's hilarious, all right. But I mean, I don't know that it's on purpose. Okay. Um, well, so- I mean, what do you what do you say to that? I mean, the fact that the author sort of sets it up like you know, don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's the who's he talking to? Yes. Uh, us, the reader, or Luke? In that, in that case, you know, I mean,
1: the whole thing's ridiculous. The whole thing's ridiculous. The whole thing is unnecessary. And that is the motivation for this young lady joining the rebellion is because her mother was in a band. They did a parody song. I don't even know if it's a parody song. Well, a political know. song. They keep saying oh, a political song. But Luke says it was a hilarious song.
3: So again, though, but we're so this doing is up this up there with the times. They are a changing with, you know, by Dylan. Vader in his many prosthetic parts. I mean, that's a political song. Oh,
1: hey, I know that song. Hilarious. <laughs> I, really, Luke Skywalker. Um, I, I just—it's—it—it uh, it, 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 it feels so dumbed down to me as a reader of Star Wars novels and someone who's been reading Star Wars novels for since Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Let's face it. No, since the original novelization in 1976, before the film even came out. That's that's almost insulting to me as a reader. And um, I love the things that, that the folks at Delray do with Star Wars Publishing. I love Star Wars Publishing. I look forward to getting each and every book. And uh, like I said, you take the good with the bad sometimes. I just thought that that was so blatantly, um, um, but just, 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 it was such a, a misuse of. Star Wars, the Star Wars saga, to for what reason? I don't know. I mean, just the the lack of creativity, the 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 cliche of sending people to the spice mines of Kessel. I mean, it's all just it's right. all right yeah. there, right? And, yeah, and, exactly. And once once I. I I crossed that violation in the book. I, I put it down, and I doubt I'll ever pick it up to read again. But I, I don't care because I don't consider that part of the new canon either. I think the new canon all kicks off with Aftermath, which comes out in September. I think that's when you're going to really honestly see all aspects, all divisions of the Star Wars machine coming together to create the cohesive story that will continue in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. So, um, you know, I mean... I just wanted to put the proof in the pudding and just read that passage just so people didn't think I was shooting off my mouth with some sort of random backlash toward Star Wars publishing because I don't feel that way. I judge each and every story on its own two feet, and I find the good in most of them, but occasionally we find the bad here on Rebel Force Radio. So as consumer advice, uh, I would say pass on air to the Jedi just simply for that passage alone. Wow! Wow! Yeah, you don't hear that here on the show too often. Me and Kyle are actually talking about maybe doing a semi-regular uh, book review show um, because we're both into reading the books all the time, and um, I love to hear his opinions on this stuff. And uh, so maybe we'll have more conversations like that in the future on a, a spin-off show.
3: Well, I like the idea of you guys reading it all for me. Oh, just and, and, then, I just, like and then telling us what I, you know, yeah. telling me what I need to know and what I should think about it. That's great.
1: Well, there you have it. So uh, consumer advice, air to the Jedi, yeah. maybe read Tarkin instead.
3: Hey, right, before we get to our next story, do want to take a moment to stop and thank our sponsor for this week, uh, one of our sponsors for this week, and that's Harry's. Harry's, you can find them at harrys.com. So here's the deal, guys and ladies. You know, shaving, it sucks, it's uncomfortable, it, uh, you, get, you get razor bumps, burn, uh, nicks, cuts and scrapes, and, and not only that, but you pay through the nose for this experience, because the razor blades that you buy today are crazy outrageous, they're crazy expensive, um, so there is a better way, and that's with Harry's. It was started by two guys, they wanted a better product without you having to pay an arm and a leg for it, so here, what did they do? They make their own blades. They, just, they found this, this factory that were producing some of the highest quality blades in Germany, and they said, we like it so much, we're going to buy the factory, so they produced these great, high-quality, high-performing German blades, you know, German engineering, it's, you don't get better than that. And uh, what they promise is it's a better shave, respects your face, respects your wallet. You get a mailed right to you, so you don't have to go to the drugstore. You don't have to go to the grocery store and buy the razor blades. And uh, you can get them, again, direct mailed to you at a fraction of the drugstore cost. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. You, see, you, have to, you have to tell the kid to go and unlock them. They're, they're, they're behind lock and key. None more No more of that. You just get them on your, uh, in your mailbox, in your front porch. You're going to love it. Again, about half the price of the big branded blades because they're not paying for all the marketing and all the TV commercials and all that stuff. Um, just good quality razor blades. They've got a great deal right now. The starter set, 15 bucks. You get the razor, the moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. Um, and you can save five bucks. Save five bucks this special offer. Here's what you do you go to harrys.com, use promo code RFR. You're going to save $5 off that first purchase. It should be the starter set. And um, the, as far as the kind of money that you're going to spend, wh- why pay $32 for an eight pack of blades when you can get it the same thing, half the price at Harrys? So again, harrys.com. You're going to save um, an average $150 a year. How's that? Um, and they satisfy... And blah, blah, Hold on. You're going to save about $150 a year using Harry's. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Once again, harrys.com. Use the promo code RFR. Save $5. Let them know we sent you. All right. Well, we are just drowning in new canon. And there was a big announcement earlier this week about a brand new game. This is a mobile game called Star Wars Uprising. And this is... With the new canon, this is the first official um, continuation of the story of the Star Wars saga post Return of the Jedi. So um, there have been uh, several characters that have been revealed. There's a lot; details are still emerging. Um, but again, since the cleaning of the slate, the clearing of the slate, uh, this would be the first official continuation of the uh, saga post-Return uh, of the Jedi. And there's a image... Uh, they've released a trailer, which we're going to discuss in a moment, uh, but they released a... I guess you'd consider this sort of a... a kind of a one-sheet-looking promotional uh, poster for the game. And, uh, Jim, I, I got to say, in looking at this thing, that it just... It really is derivative. And I, I don't know if you could consider this a, a tribute or what, but uh, the way this poster is laid out, where you have uh, this character that we, we, we know uh, now is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Commander Bragg, or Bragg. Uh, in, in the background, kind of a, a familiar-shaped uh, helmet comparable to Vaders you've got another character whose name I don't believe has been revealed who it actually looks like they've just taken a, a a photo of Han Solo in his Endor gear I mean I mean just piece for piece of his outfit down to the blaster and the trench coat and the belt and then they just swapped out his head for somebody else Uh, You got a Trandoshan back there who's uh, been revealed to be, what's what's this guy's name? This is uh, Brask. You also have another character in there, which is uh, Imperial Governor Adelhard. Now, the premise of this is kind of interesting. So, again, set between Episodes 6 and 7. So, it's just after the um, destruction of the second Death Star. And you have this Imperial governor, uh, Edelhard, who is, according to the official release, bent on covering up Emperor Palpatine's death. So he is executing anyone who uh, is spreading anti-imperial rumors. And then he's got this uh, right-hand man, this Commander Bragg, who is a, uh, a part of the Purge Troopers. And these are large, black stormtroopers. And again, according to this release, far more powerful than the average foot soldier. So um, not a whole lot of detail about this other than some of these characters that have emerged. There is a a brief trailer. Uh, Jim, do you want to do this? Do you want to watch this and then we'll talk about it? Yeah, let's
1: do that. Let's check out the trailer for uh, Star Wars Uprising. Mm -hmm. All right. So here it comes. Here we go.
3: Jay, the Empire is victorious. The rebellion,
1: no longer a threat. The Rebels' desperate attack on the Emperor's Death Star has failed. Rumors of the Emperor's death, treasonous fabrications. For those of you who listen to these lies,
0: who wish to test
2: the Empire's strength, You will answer to me.
1: Now, you know what, Jason? I I think that trailer is kind of compelling in a couple of different ways. Um, Number one is you, you deal with the... The Hello everybody, Hey here for IGN. Joined by hey man. Ye Old. Hey, what's going Ye old. on? Ye old. I get that title. Yeah, I'm right. Right. Is that me or you? Oh, that could be me.
3: Well, that, that's, that's me. Sorry about that. Okay. You know how these things, they loop right into each other.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because it, it does uh, show the legitimate fallout from the events on Endor. Of course, uh makes all the sense in the world to me that the Empire is looking to cover it up. And then you see... Um, you see, I, I, I would imagine uh, rebel elements sharing the truth with each other. You, you have this guy who uh, seems ha- kind of Han Solo in nature, walking around showing people a hologram. Hologram of uh, well, it's about time. Yeah, there you go. You know, oh, yeah, I've been saying right all there. along. Could that's I, where you. You gotta. Be- <laughs> you gotta continue the saga with holograms. Of course, you know. Oh, yeah, sure, you know. you you got to sit down and really consider it. Um, but uh, so they, they have it in the, in this game. And um, and so that's how this guy shares the information with other Resistance leaders, I assume. Uh, they, he shows them this hologram of the Death Star 2 being destroyed. Now you have this cat, Adelhard. Adelhard, Adelhard. And he is... Um, He's like the big fish in a small pond. He is in charge of the Annoit sector, and if you know your Star Wars canon, that is the sector that the Millennium Falcon finds themselves in after they've escaped the Imperial fleet following the Battle of Hoth. We recall, they're looking for a place to go, and uh, Leia says, where are we? And Han says, the Annoit sector. And she goes, oh, the Annoit sector, not much there. They realize they're close enough to, to limp over to the Bespin system, and hook up with Lando to get the ship fixed. But they find themselves in this Innoit sector. And all we know about it is there's not much there. So obviously this guy, Edelhard is the big fish in the small pond. And he has these purge troopers, which very much remind me of death troopers from the video games from the 90s. Uh, these purge troopers are at this guy's disposal. Uh, why he needs them in the Innoit sector, where there's not much going on, that uh, remains to be seen. And then uh, somehow there's this Trandoshan that that fits into the game as well. I I, I assume he's he might be a re- resistance leader himself, but from what we've always known about Trandoshans, they're not exactly uh, cats who. Uh, walk the line if you know they're not
3: the nicest guys
1: no Uh, and uh and they like to eat wookies and stuff like that so but uh the purge trooper uh he he made me a little nervous because i find his look is very derivative of vader and i was afraid oh god here we're gonna have another vader type but apparently he's just uh, one of many of these purge troopers like you said jason a lot of derivative elements going on here and it reminds me very much of the release of the Old Republic video game where we we saw archetypes from the Star Wars universe being placed into uh, uh, certain situations. Very familiar archetypes from the Star Wars universe. Um, What I like about this game though is that it does give us that first taste of life in the universe post- the death of the Emperor and the destruction of the Death Star. And um, to see how the Empire is going to be covering up Palpatine's death and how this guy, this Governor Edelhard, is going to try to rise in the ranks and maybe take control of the Empire. Uh, One of the favorite things in the Expanded Universe was always to have these Imperial warlords fighting over sectors in power as, as they... Uh, try to uh, reconsolidate the uh, Empire into uh, the once mighty thing it was under the Emperor's rule. Uh, it basically, the Empire becomes fractioned and uh, tears itself apart. Are we going to be seeing a similar evolution happen in the legit Star Wars canon as it expands with The Force Awakens and beyond? I think it's uh, fair to say, uh, yes, we probably will. We've speculated here on the show that there could be maybe Imperial Civil War going on. Again, not considered to be a spoiler because I have stopped following spoilers, so I'm just guessing along with anyone else. Um, I don't know. I think I'll, I'll probably download the app and mess around with it for a little while just to try to retrieve any sort of story elements I can out of the game.
3: Yeah, I mean, that that's really what this is about, right? I mean, unless you're someone who's, unless you're a real gamer or a gamer, um, <laughs> There's probably not a whole lot that a- 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 applies. I mean, it's hard to when you have a game that is, you know, just by nature variable depending on who you are, when you're playing, etc. It's it's sometimes difficult to pull out um, the real canonical uh, story. O- oftentimes with these games, they'll have a canonical version of this st- of of the story, and then of course there's all these variant or you know. Uh, options that you can have depending on how the game flows. I'm with you in terms of the premise. I'm excited to see, as you said, the fallout. Yeah, How are the remaining Imperial forces throughout the galaxy responding, reacting to the news? I mean, remember, the regional governors have direct control over their territory. So um, we know how the, the, the Imperial bureaucracy is is organized. So how do they react to this news? Uh, so this is our first real taste, as you say. My issue, my beef, is just with some of the publicity images that they've released, some of the concept, it, it's, it's to the point where I, I'm asking myself, like, well, is that a
0: tribute?
3: Because it's one thing if it's a tribute, it's another thing if it's sort of being passed off as, uh, you know, having any any form of originality at all. And it just seems, uh, to be much more of, uh, the latter lacking the originality, um, cool premise. But, uh, based on what I'm seeing from the characters, it just seems
1: really like the expanded universe of old. Well, at the end of the day too, I think it's overall impact on the saga is, um, more or less disposable because it does happen in this very restricted sector of space, this a know it sector. So, uh, what could be happening there is probably going to end up just being primarily an internal affair, not really having repercussions on the overall saga. But like I said, we'll be able to get little glimpses and feel for the tone of post return of the Jedi. And, uh, the, the political environment, maybe. Um, just how the general population sure. is doing now. Yeah and, I, yeah.
3: yeah, and I think they'll they'll use this, you know, the story of the Innoit system and how this is all shaking out there. That's sort of a microcosm for, um, I think the premise will be you can assume that this is happening in all these different pockets of the galaxy. This very same kind of thing. So... Um, but I mean, it's it's a whole new world, I mean we have to get used to the fact that canon is now being told in uh, you know in platforms beyond
1: just the the films and the the animated series. Yeah, and this week Marvel Comics dropped a big bombshell on us, didn't they? Huge, huge, <laughs>
3: huge. Yeah, you know when you you, you meet that special someone, and uh, you think everything's going great, you know, I, uh, we're really clicking. We're getting along Uh, I think they might be the one And then you find out They got a big skeleton in their closet Right? Well, that's exactly what happens To Princess Leia In the latest issue of uh, Marvel Star Wars Where she finds out That the the man of her dreams Han Solo The pirate The smuggler The gambler The husband (laughs) Ha ha He's a well, married hey. man. Han Solo, a <laughs> married man. Yes. Comic books now are truly uh, soap operas for the geeks. As Han Solo is revealed to have uh, uh, as having a wife. um, Santa Solo is her name. And uh, you could, you know, uh, Dark skin, dark haired beauty uh, coming off of the uh, the ship here. And boy, Han in this in this I have not read the issue, uh, but uh, Jim, but in this capture, this particular frame, he he doesn't look too pleased to to have her show up there because she's really she's really kind of getting in the way of his (laughs) efforts to, uh, you know that princess. So, well, I'll
1: tell you, that princess also at this point in the storyline, she wants nothing to do with Han. She's very driven by uh, her uh, her duties and her responsibilities to the rebellion. She has no time for him. She really does talk down to him, and you really believe that she doesn't want to have anything to do with him at this point in their relationship. So, uh Han does take her to one of his old old smuggler hideouts. Uh, he has some old Corellian wine stashed away there. He finds the bottle. He goes, thank you, Chewy, for not drinking it all. <laughs> I didn't, which is interesting to me. That To me, that's a big canon reveal. I didn't know that uh, Chewy uh, knocked back uh, adult beverages like that. And imagine what it would be like hanging with him. Um, Drunk and, Chewy. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Uh, we, we've been seeing this mysterious hooded figure wearing a mask. Trailing the Millennium Falcon in previous ep- issues of of the the Star Wars title, and uh, in in this issue, uh, toward the end, it is revealed they they remove the mask and she is Sana Solo, Han's wife. And uh, when when she reveals herself, Han puts his head down into his hands and says, "Oh no!" And then Leia says, "Wife," and uh, Sana says. Now, who the hell might you be lady <laughs> so she's got some she's a little spitfire, and uh she certainly doesn't trust Han, but that is the final panel we get until the next issue mm-hmm. so um this uh this you know everyone's reacting in such a way to uh this introduction of Canon, but we don't know the whole story yet i uh, I'm not ready to uh jump off a ledge because uh Han might have a a wife um you know, it could have been a, a deal where, like, he married her the night he met her or something doesn't remember it. You know, one of those, too much Corellian wine. Uh, sure, uh, sure. You know, there,
3: There's got to be a story here. Or maybe it's just, maybe
1: she's a nut. Maybe she's a nut job who's always, you know, following him. Or who knows what the deal is? I really don't think that this is going to have any major repercussions on canon. I don't think we're going to be seeing Sana Solo in The Force Awakens or any sort of other spin-off Star Wars material. I think there's more to this story than meets the eye, and it shouldn't just be accepted on, on the surface. I think that um, we might be getting uh, played with a little bit by uh, Marvel Comics, where we're going to see the repercussions of this relationship with this woman, Sana. Is it really anything that's going to impede the character development of Han Solo or the chemistry he has with the lovely Princess Leia? But... It also reminds me of the old Dark Horses comic, Dark Empire, where Han had a girlfriend named Sala Zen, who also had a very familiar and similar reveal in the panels of those magazines. And, uh, you know, untrusting She Knows Solo, greeting him with, uh, with the gun drawn
0: <laughs> mm. and,
1: uh, you know, getting in his way with the princess. Very similar to the Salah's end. And uh, and that particular relationship really didn't have any impact on uh, the, the character yeah, of Solo Han Solo. but Sala wasn't
3: his wife,
1: right? Yeah, but it's, again, like I said, it's, it could be... You know what kind of person Han Solo is. You know that he's involved at this point in his career. He's a, he's a smuggler. He's a pirate. He deals with a lot of unsavory people. And he finds himself in a lot of unsavory situations. It could have been, you know... A uh, hundred different reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, like I said, I don't think we're gonna be seeing comics within Han going home and mowing the lawn on the weekends with <laughs> Sana Solo working in the garden. I, you know, I don't think we're going in that direction. I, I think the, I think there's some sort of scam in play here. Yeah, that's, I that's mean, what I'm guessing. Yeah,
3: I, I and, think it's a very, very clever way to get some publicity over the title, and not that they need a lot. I mean, th- this title has been very successful. We've talked about it on previous uh, uh, episodes of the program here, and uh, they've, they, they've broken many records with yeah. some of the
1: titles they've been putting out. Uh, it's been the, most, the, the, the first issue of this comic book is the most successful single-issue release of any comic book in the last 20 years. Yeah, huge. It's gone to multiple printings, and the following issues, two, three, four, those have gone into multiple printings as well. This is a hot title in comic stores all over the world.
3: Right, and of course, they know that if they can get the story out there across all the different fan sites and uh, everyone who covers this space, that oh my gosh, did you did you hear the latest news? Uh, it's it's canon now. Han Solo, he's married, and the whole, the whole thing just goes bananas, and and it did. So touche, Marvel Comics, it it, it worked. But I'm with Jim. Uh, I. Obviously, there's a whole lot more to this story, and I think that those that are getting upset about it, now I will say, to be consistent, I've always felt that major character developments um, for characters in the Star Wars uh, universe should be reserved. Now that it's all canon, I'm even more adamant that it should be reserved for things like television series Feature films that sort of thing, so anything with significant and major uh repercussions in the lives of the characters and the situations that we uh all know and love as part of the star wars uh, do deserve to be on display in some of these more highly visible uh
1: ways of telling the star wars story that's what I'm trying to say you know there's people- that you know. You know, there are a lot of people out there who are speculating that she's an ex-wife, maybe, and she's just out for revenge. You know, there are plenty of ex-wives out there. Yeah, carefully. but she would have
3: said ex-wife. She wouldn't have said, I'm his wife.
1: She would have said ex. And she does seem uh, uh, jealous of Leia, too. So. Yeah.
3: No, I'm thinking some sort of thing like where, you know, uh, she they had to marry to get like her, you know, whatever the Star Wars equivalent of the green card might be.
1: Yeah. You know? She's a mail-order wife.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But hey, you know what? It's fun to talk about. It's fun to speculate. And um, so grab it, pick up the
1: issue, and meet Santa Solo, Han's wife. You know, I, I went through years, decades of reading Star Wars comics where nothing of significance happened to the core characters. It seemed like all that stuff was going off to these ancillary characters, secondary characters you really didn't care about. I kind of like it that the pages of the comic book are shaking things up a little bit. Sometimes I worry it's too much too fast. But in all reality, is it going to have the big lasting impact on the overall story arc as we get them in the films? I don't think so. I think it's just, it's, it's fun to have some meat on the bones with these comic books, I like the fact that Marvel is applying their storytelling to the core of Star Wars, the core characters, the core situations, the, 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 the hunt that Darth Vader hunting Luke Skywalker. It fills in the blanks like never before. Remember, when we first see Vader in Empire, he knows who Luke Skywalker is. He is clearly on the hunt for Luke Skywalker. This kind of helps fill in the blanks and sort of gives you an idea of how he found out who Skywalker was and uh, his reaction to uh, the realization that he has a son out there in the universe. This is new ground, and it's not the type of ground that's going to be covered in a film, so that can be removed altogether. We're not going to have, you know, at least I don't think so. I mean, why would they make a film between... A New Hope and Empire featuring material like this. I, I think it's it's prime for the, the medium of comic books to tell some of these stories, expand on the characters a little bit. So I'm along for the ride. I understand there's some skepticism, what have you, but uh, I'm in. I'm in with these Marvel comics. And um, again, I just hope they don't, don't try to do too much too fast and um, realize that maybe... Some bigger reveals are better off on larger, in larger venues. But I like the comic book reveals, maybe even more so than in novels. Mm. Mm.
3: Yeah. Well, there you go. Han Solo married? Question mark? I think that's the story. Yes. All right. Uh, here's another thing. We got Billy Lord out there. Now, Billy Lord, the daughter of Carrie Fisher, uh, it's been revealed both by Carrie Fisher, the mother, And Debbie Reynolds, the grandmother, that she has some sort of role in The Force Awakens. Since then, there's been all kinds of speculation about what that might be. Uh, Billy Lord spoke to the folks at TheRap.com, and she did at least eliminate the possibility of one thing. She is not Princess Leia's daughter. And I didn't really know that that was a rumor that she was princess leia's daughter the rumor that i have heard is that she is actually playing princess leia but in some sort of flashback sequence she's playing a young version of leia jim the first i've heard about her possibly playing
1: princess leia's daughter is actually from billy lord rejecting the rumor well you see what she's doing there she's putting up the smoke screen you know she's gonna confuse you i'm not princess leia's daughter but she's going to oh. deny a rumor that doesn't exist. Yeah, she'll create a rumor and then deny it. Yeah. She'll just deny a rumor that never existed. There you go. That's what she's doing. That's how you get the headlines. So, uh, yeah, good Good on her. You know, she grew up in uh, showbiz and, uh, you know, with her, her mother and everything. She uh, And her grandmother, she obviously must have some sort of uh, 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 a talent, some innate ability on how to uh, work the system a little bit. So maybe she's just having a little fun. I'm not Princess Leia's daughter. Keep hearing rumors about Princess Leia possibly being included in the Rogue One film. And that would, that would fit in the t- with the timeline perfectly. Uh, so uh, maybe she's uh, not playing Princess Leia's daughter, but she's actually playing Princess Leia herself. Um, we do know that she's playing a character in The Force Awakens. And that leads to the speculation about the flash- flashback sequences, obviously you already have Carrie Fisher playing Princess Leia in that film what would you need Billy Lord for if she's playing Princess Leia did she deny that she did deny that didn't she or she kind of half denied
3: no she never denied that she's playing Princess Leia the first the the only denial we have on record from Billy Lord uh, is because I don't think she herself has really talked much if at all about being in Star Wars It's, it's been her mom it's been uh, again, Debbie Reynolds, the grandmother. Uh, others have talked about Billy Lord herself. I don't believe has talked about it. So this is the first time that she's addressed.
1: No, no, no. no. Any we played rumors. a clip. We played a clip like two weeks ago from Entertainment Tonight. Remember that when she was talking about she denied something, but it was sort of like a she left some wiggle room. Don't you recall?
3: I'll see if I can find it here.
1: Yeah, it was Billy Lord, Entertainment tonight, E.T., if you will. Oh, no. so, Load home. So while you're looking for that clip from E.T., I have some E.T. trivia for our listeners. Did you know the woman who did the voice of Bosch in Return of the Jedi is also the same woman who did the voice of E.T. in Steven Spielberg's classic 1982 film? There's one to chew on from Rebel Force Radio. That's a new, that's a new filler segment we have. One to chew on I like that One to chew on And it's like chewy Chew
3: Yeah it must not be uh, Hold on let me just do one last thing here
1: One Uh, last thing
3: Oh here we go here we go All right, let's see This is Billy Lord on the uh, Force Awakens rumors Elliot (laughs) Mama is Carrie Fisher And Grandma is Debbie Reynolds Billy's also in Star Wars The Force Awakens I will get arrested if I speak to you about that. Because From what I understand, you play a, a, a young Princess Leia? That's a lie. That's a rumor. Oh, that's, that's it? That's a rumor. That's shut I, down. I wish I played a young Princess you Leia. You totally
0: could. Disney, I'm available.
3: All right, okay, so she sh- now she shoots that down. All right, so she, she you're right. She did shoot down the rumor
1: that she's playing a young Princess Leia, but... Well, I think she left that wiggle room there where she said, that's a lie. And then we said, well, that's a rumor. Well, what is it, a lie or a rumor? Yeah. She's a kid. Is a rumor She's a kid. And
3: and you know what? She doesn't have a lot of experience uh, with all of this kind of uh, media attention. So who knows? Who knows?
1: With this movie, it's just craziness. It's craziness. It is crazy. But we shouldn't know. It's all spoilers. Yeah. Save something for December. Oh, for God's sake. How is the, the
3: character that an actor is playing, how is that a spoiler, for God's sake?
1: I guess it's not. I mean, you know. So casting. if you saw a complete cast list of The
3: Force Awakens and it said, Billy Lord, young Princess Leia. Oh, the movie's ruined.
1: It's ruined. for I don't even need to see it now that wouldn't do it because that just is, makes all the sense in the world it would be um, maybe like max von Sydow as boba fett that would be something that i would consider maybe a room uh, too much too much of a spoiler too much yeah
3: a hmm. uh, character to edge to that just does i'm just not that way i'm not wired that way you could tell me the whole plot and it's not going to ruin the movie
1: for it me. depends on how the reveal happens in the film it all comes down to that.
3: All right. How about this? Have you seen these photos? Uh, they've started to leak some of the products um, that are going to be released with The Force Awakens. They've, they've started to show up in some catalogs, and um, people are taking pictures of these things. And one of them actually made it to Twitter, a, a fellow by the name of Mark Zachaki. We're going to go with that.
1: I is it Chalky or
3: is it chat? You know Mark?
1: I think I know Mark. I think he's a Chicago guy. All right. I think, well. I, I, think I saw him over the weekend at Joliet. He, uh, he works with our pals at Jedi News. Well,
3: this guy um, got a, a hold of a promotional, well, I shouldn't say promotional, an actual piece of Star Wars The Force Awakens merchandise, which many were speculating based on the photo that he posted on Twitter was a, a, a soda can. Yes. and uh, But it turns out that, no, it's a thermal flask. Now, I know a thing or two about flasks. I don't really know much about these thermal flasks, but this looks to be um, something that you, I don't know, you, you put a drink into and it stays cold. Is that what we're talking about? So it's like
1: mm-hmm. a... Like a thermos or a tumbler.
3: Yeah. A thermal flask. I mean, that just sounds so formal. I don't really know what it is. But I can see how people would would say that it's a can. That doesn't really matter. What the thing is doesn't matter. The photo does. We see a picture of C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8. Now, this is some sort of Photoshop montage uh, of all three characters. But what really sticks out here, is 3PO is sporting a red left arm and hand. Now, this is like when you see the car driving down the road that has, like, the off-colored door. So clearly, they banged up the door, they got another door, and they haven't painted it right. That's Mm. what we got going on. This is not like the silver leg on the gold protocol droid. This is a red arm and hand. And I believe, Jim, that there's precedent for this, that uh, we have seen a red protocol
1: droid before. Oh, absolutely. Wars. Yeah, walking the bases of Hoth, R-3PO. R-3PO. Uh, yeah, so we wonder maybe if uh, 3PO inherited his, hand, his arm. Obviously, we know that that arm of 3PO's is prone to popping off. And uh, maybe it popped off at some point during the film, and it was lost. And so uh, Chewie had to weld on... Well, whatever was sitting around, and he just happened to have R-3PO's arm, and he gave it to, to uh, our favorite C-3PO. So um, I'm believing that the film is not going to begin with 3PO having this red arm, like that mystery about his silver lower leg. How did 3PO get that silver lower leg? You know, that was never... That was a mystery. A lot of people went right by him. They didn't even notice that 3PO had a silver leg. Hmm. But there there must be some story there to that. Um, we know that his plating has been replaced. Uh, first, he had none. I'm naked. <laughs> and then, then he had the, the beat-up, rusty stuff. And then by the time we see him in Episode 3, he is all gold and shiny. And that's how he stays for the rest of the saga up until Episode 7, where he gets this gold, this reddish gold arm. Some uh, some might think that it's a reflection, but I, boy, is that a very powerful reflection, and it only is showing up on the arm itself. If it were a reflection from the surrounding set or environment, you would see more red on his gold plating, but you only see it on the left arm. So, it's red. Why is it red? Maybe we'll find out throughout the course of the movie. I think My money, if I had to place my money on what happens, we will be introduced to 3PO, fully golden, and at some point in the film, much like during the Sand People attack of A New Hope, 3PO will lose his arm and be forced with this replacement. And you know he will just be completely out of his skull about it, and he'll be complaining.
3: Oh, well, that red arm doesn't go with anything.
1: It doesn't go with anything. What's he going to do? You know, if you're talking etiquette and protocol and you're standing there with a red arm, who's going to take you seriously? So well, that's it, probably what, yeah.
3: You know, so some of these things are starting to leak out. So this this was found in Mexico. So there's obvi- obviously this was in a box that said, do not open until September 4th. Uh, but they're like, eh, what the heck? So there it was on a store shelf at some point. So you go online, you can find this. Um, Again, this is uh, just one in a number of uh, various product photos that we have seen showing up. Uh, We've seen all kinds of things like uh, kids' room furniture. I think we saw like a little uh, desk and chair set. Uh, So some of the promotional imagery that's being used uh, to uh, promote the movie and some of the characters in it, you see it over and over and this is just, this is one of those, but this is probably the best look that we've had, the most close-up look
1: of uh, of what they're using. So, anyway, yeah, ma- very interesting. Uh, tweeted by Mark Zachaki, Chicago guy. I know Mark. I went you to his Mark? Twitter page. Of course I know him. I just saw him this past weekend. Was he carrying he was that can around? He wasn't. I wish I knew about the can then, because then I could have asked him more questions about it. Yeah. But, um he uh, he did. He flew back from Anaheim on the same flight I was on, and uh, we all survived. So, uh, yeah, Mark, Mark's a real nice guy. He does work for Jedi News. He's a U.S. correspondent from them and a Chicago homeboy, and he's offered his help to us here on the show if we ever need it, so I might take him up on that. He's getting all these cans from Mexico, for crying out loud. Let's hang out. That thermal flask, apparently. Thermal flask! I don't know what the heck you do. It looks like it has a can top. Yeah, it almost looks like one of those... Phony can safes where you, you yeah keep your, yeah you know it looks like one of those. Things. Or thing
3: you open it up and like the, the, the you know the snakes spring out at you.
1: Yeah, and people yeah. go
3: ah. Ha, ha.
1: Yeah, we should those. make a Star Wars version of that. They could. What could fly out of that? Like the tentacles from the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Billy D would be like, "Let me look inside that can." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ar- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, people who, uh, people who are longtime fans of Billy, while well, well, Jason goes to get his breath, dying. Uh, f- longtime fans of Billy D. Williams know what his observations of the Sarlacc pit have been over the years. This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. Hello, what have we here? It's just me, Billy D. Yeah.
2: Don't mess this up, man. Be smooth. Lando's right.
0: Indeed. Sorry,
2: baby. It's just business. Why you slimy, double crossing,
1: no good swindler? Looks every time. And Lando in is forever. <laughs> I'll tell you, no, in, in uh, Return of the Jedi, when they had the big party with all of those creatures, uh, well, that movie to me had a lot of word the, uh, it was a sexual overtone to that whole. in Jedi in Jedi yeah first all of all like the saw like <laughs> yeah was like
0: let's not let's not, not. that's all we have to say uh, we, we all understand <laughs> yeah, totally
1: especially with the teeth <laughs> <laughs>
3: and people falling into it
1: hello what have we here that
3: symbolism was not lost on Billy D, I can tell you that <laughs> All right, so uh, com. they've got a story here. uh, And this is actually picking up some steam about, we know what Rogue One is about, or we think we know what Rogue One is about. But what about that second Star Wars anthology film, the one that uh, Trank uh, deserted or was plucked from? Talk about that a little bit more in, in, in a moment, um, but what what's the subject? Is it going to be a Han Solo movie, as initially reported? Well, not only is it still rumored to be a Han Solo story, but there's some new details that have emerged. And again, this is uh, this is rumor, but their source over at Schmo's No is saying that it's actually going to be a Han Solo and Boba Fett story. So this is going to go back and tell the story of how these two first came across uh, one another and how their rivalry began. So that is allegedly going to be the focus of the second Star Wars anthology movie. Uh, And in addition to the characters of Han Solo and Boba Fett, you'll also be um, seeing Chewbacca. Well, of course, where there's Han, there's Chewie. But Lando being discussed as well as bosk making
1: appearances throughout the film and um, out of all of all those characters the only one whose appearance and and everything about him we're not gonna have to grow used to is bosk because everyone else will have to be recast we're gonna be talking new lando new han bosk has an age today they can reuse the same bosk Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Right. I believe the Who so famously sung. Um, yeah. That worked out pretty nicely. That's nice, um, yeah, it works. Um, but yeah, we'd have to have a new Han, clearly, and a new Lando, clearly. Um, I, I'd I'd like to see that recasting. Yeah, I was able to buy it with the the Star Trek films. They did brilliant job casting. Uh, Zachary Quinto is a, a a younger Spock, I thought. I mean, I don't know how fans feel about that. I know there's a lot of angst about those films, but I thought the casting was pretty good in it. I thought the guy they got to play Kirk, what's his name? Chris Pine. Chris Pine, I thought he was a good Kirk. I mm-hmm. thought the McCoy was good.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, it's look, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when these characters right. are recast. We know that's 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 part of the plan. Um, In fact, we may even get a glimpse of it in Rogue One. Uh, We don't know for sure, but there could be uh, a character or characters that we've met already in previous films uh, that could show up as younger versions of themselves. Like
1: Princess Leia? Like Princess Leia, played by Billy Lord. Billy Lord Princess Leia? That's a lie. It's a rumor.
3: Rumor. Um, So we don't know. Now, this is kind of interesting. They talk about how... um, this this source says that Disney really wants to, you know, play up and dig into this whole hive of scum and villainy that uh, you know we've heard about. That that's that's the seedy underworld, the underbelly of the Star Wars universe. That that's something that they that they want to explore. Uh, Rogue One is uh, l- lining itself with films like Zero Dark Thirty, Saving Private Ryan. You know, that's that side of uh, you know, the influences, whereas this next anthology film with Boba and Han is going to kind of take it from the perspective of the Western film and how that's had an influence on Star Wars. So it's interesting how they're saying that each one of these movies is going to kind of um, showcase how one particular you know, genre of film may have influenced the storytelling. So, again, in the case of Rogue One, they're looking at some war movies, and in the case of this Boba versus Han, it's about the western. Uh, they also discuss who might be taking over for Josh Trank after since he left. And two names that keep popping up are John Favreau and Matthew Vaughn. And I just saw uh, Matthew Vaughn's uh, uh, Kingsman. Yes. Not too long ago, and uh, loved it, loved it. It was a great movie, and uh, he seems to be a a great director and one who knows how to balance great action sequences with really good character stuff. So, um, he'd be a good one. John Favreau. I mean, he makes no secret of his love of Star Wars. He's Jim. I believe you saw him interview the maker himself there in Chicago. At one point. Um, so either one of those I think would be. Uh, really really a good choice. But so you know. There is been an update to this story. Which seems to point to. The fact that Matthew Vaughn. Uh, may indeed not be. Uh, the director. That uh, he's got some other things going on. So he just his schedule. Wouldn't wouldn't allow it. But John Favreau still being bandied about. As a possible director. So what do you think.
1: Boba, Han. Is there a story there? Oh God, yes. There's a story there. Of course, there's a story there. You know, there's a history between those two characters. You know that there was built-in hatred between them. Why do we know that? I guess we don't, do we? I mean, we Boba don't. Fett was sent out to track down the Falcon, and I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, him, there's and, never... him and
3: five or six other bounty hunters. Well, what makes what makes us so? Convinced that there's some sort of feud or rivalry between Han and Boba any more than there is between Han and IG 88.
1: No, you know what? You're now you're talking. Because there is nothing really within the concrete canon that states there is a history between Han and Boba. If there is, I'd like to see it. I don't believe there's anything in the Empire Strikes Back novelization or any I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this. We, we've researched this stuff to death, so you'd think that all these facts would be right on the tip of my tongue.
3: I, I, no, I think you're safe. I don't think there's anything in the novelization that would lead one to believe that, you know, that, that Boba and Han have a history. Now, I'm sure folks are saying, well, wait a minute, the special
1: edition of oh, Star hey, Wars. hey! I know, I know. What? Well, at least in A New Hope, Boba Fett is there. When Jabba confronts Han in bo- in Docking Bay ninety four, right? But how damning is that? He's there.
3: Well, so's Dengar.
1: Dengar's and- not there. Not in that sequence. There are some other like Greedo types that are there, though.
0: All
3: right. Well, anyway, I don't think that that's necessarily a uh,
1: smoking gun that there's some sort of. Deep-seated mm. hatred or history? No, you know there's nothing. There is no concrete uh, lock as far as canon goes, and a relationship between Boba Fett and Han Solo. It was something that was always kind of thrown out there, but where and how? Mm-hmm. Through through merchandising, through marketing. Remember a long time ago. When Dave Filoni knew that the Clone Wars was going to drop that big Mandalorian bombshell on us, <laughs> Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. when um, the, the series basically rewrote the history of the Mandos as a warrior race into um, a civilization of pacifism. And Dave knew that that was going to go over kind of heavy with some people. And so he asked us, he commissioned us here to research Mandalorians and try to find the first official mention of the Mandos and Boba Fett's relationship to them. And so we did, we researched that to death and came up with a few sources. The um, Empire Strikes Back novelization didn't really reveal anything specifically about the Mandalorians, but the art of Empire Strikes Back did. And, uh, there was some stuff in the Marvel comics as well. And maybe on the back of a few tops trading cards from the era. So we tried to piece all that together and, uh, and, and try to figure out how the Mandalorians themselves were established. Now we're trying to figure out how a guy who was associated with the Mandalorians is also associated with Han Solo. Now we're going to have to go back and research all that. If anyone knows, um, Drop us a line, show at rebelforceradio.com. Give us some legitimate, official concrete canon stating that Han Solo and Boba Fett had a rocky past together and that they had a history. Uh, whether it's a rivalry or not, who knows? Present us with your canon evidence. And uh, if if we get some really good stuff, I'll give them one of those Rebel Force Radio pins we were handing out at Star Wars Celebration. Very limited in supply. Jason, you and me, we made it home from that convention with only a handful uh, between the two of us. So uh, I'm not going to just be sending them off uh, left and right, willy-nilly. you got to give us something good to get it. So uh, show up rebelforceradio.com. Give us any information about the past history of Han Solo and Boba Fett. And you know what? I don't want, like, encyclopedia entries or anything. I want hard, canon evidence, right? It can't just be something from, well, the Star Wars character's guide says this here. That I need to see it within the confines of the story itself.
3: All right, you heard it here. I don't know where I came up with the fact that Bosk was there. I remember there being. I'm looking at some uh, stills right now. You said Uh, Dengar or Dengar? Yeah, not Bosk. Yeah, Dengar was there. No, there. You're right. The only really uh, known bounty hunter is uh, uh, Boba Fett, and there are a couple of, like you said, there's some uh, Rodians there, and then you know the very kind of uh, nondescript. What, What what did Pablo say? They were. All from the same agency of ugly actors. Yeah, the uglies. The uglies. Yeah, mm. they were used a lot. Um. So you So no. So maybe that is. Maybe that's the, the the fact that most folks were gonna are gonna point to, say, well, he was there. Um. He knows. The whole history between, uh, Jabba and 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 Han and all that. I, but uh, I think it's just well, Han is, one of the favorite heroes and Boba's the. One of the favorite villains, and why not? Let's put them. Let's put them together.
1: Uh, hey, hey, be a heck of a movie. Yeah. Um, Seems so. like only natural to have these, you know, two guys, two elements of the underworld society. One, you know, both of them working in very gray areas. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, definitely a, a Boba Fett Han Solo movie. Now here's would,
3: a, here's a rumor. Yeah, This is brand new. Okay, I've not heard this at all. Um, but, you know, you stick around long enough, you're going to hear everything. But it doesn't end with the second anthology film. There's a third that's being talked about. And while Rogue One will focus on sort of the, the military and uh, war movie influences, and the second anthology film will focus in on the, the Western that, uh, like I say, that seedy underbelly of the Star Wars universe. This third one is going to focus in on the spiritual or mythological base. Again, all this uh, according to this story that we're reading here on, uh, on Schmo Knows. And the subject for that mythological and spiritual-based film is reported to be a Mace Windu movie. Ooh. A Waste Window movie or or the Yoda origin story. Now, that Yoda origin story as a film goes back to, I believe, Star Wars Celebration 3, where George at one point mentioned in one of his three um, appearances there on the stage at Celebration in Indianapolis that he thought it might be interesting to go back and talk about... uh, the Jedi at the time when when Yoda was really in in his prime. Not so much a, I don't believe he ever said origin story, but a story about Yoda back in the the prime time of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So Mace or Yoda, got a preference?
1: Yoda. Yoda, yeah. I do. I don't like to see so much of the mystery of Yoda being stripped away. And I, I, I think you can offer up a quality Yoda adventure, um, without revealing too much about where he's from or how he became so powerful in the Force. Just, you know what, put together a Yoda adventure just based off of what we already know about him.
3: How about a Yoda Dooku story?
1: That would be interesting, of a course. Young Dooku. Dooku, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. I had to throw this in there. It's interesting just to hear. <laughs> of Every course. character has to be. Yeah, it's all Cumberbatch. all Cumberbatch all the time. <laughs> but of course, um, we know that the shift to provide Star Wars storytelling away from the core of the prequels is uh, kind of the thing, the trend at Lucasfilm. Um, It seems like much more, more apples are being put in the original trilogy basket now than ever. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I do think that's a good thing. Um, So it would surprise me to see them go back and start talking about mining the prequels before they even really start the whole new era of Star Wars off, I, oh, I that's just...
3: that's interesting that you say that because now where do you draw the line? Because our next story is about the possibility, and we've heard rumblings about this for a while now, but it's it sounds like this is actually really gaining some traction that Disney is in negotiations with you and McGregor for not just one, but three films about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, Jim, I put it to you. Where is the line? Where do you cross from prequel trilogy era and situations and original trilogy era if we're dealing with perhaps storytelling between this, the, uh, the two trilogies?
1: Well, I, I think um, any sort of dedication from the filmmakers from Lucasfilm, to, to making this rumored Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy, I still think it firmly puts them in original trilogy territory. Because what you're going to be getting there are the events that lead up to A New Hope. So we already know the things that are in place. We already know who Darth Vader is and where he's located. We already know what Ben is doing on Tatooine and why he's there. It would be more of a setup to the original trilogy to A New Hope as opposed to a follow-up to the events of Revenge of the Sith. Interesting things that get people talking about this rumored Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy. Look at certain lines throughout the films. In the original trilogy, Vader confronts Obi-Wan on the Death Star. Says, you should have not, you should have not, wait, damn it! Again, when we hit midnight, I forget how to talk. It happens every week. <laughs> He says you should have you should not have come back. Come back where? Come back to fighting the, the war on a galactic scale or come back to the actual physical environment of the Death Star? Could Obi-Wan have infiltrated that materi- that military base somehow? Somehow he got off of the planet Tatooine and had a confrontation with Vader. Vader says to Luke, Obi-Wan felt, as you did, about turning Vader back to the light. When did that ever happen? That debate never happens on Mustafar. You never see Obi-Wan try to turn Anakin back. Come back, Anakin. There's still good in you. I still believe in you. No, and there was none of that. Eh, you were the he chosen was, one. You were you supposed were to bring the balance. chosen one. He was, he was doing all that. He was flabbergasted at that moment. He couldn't believe that Anakin had gone down the path he had gone down at that moment. And he felt like Anakin was beyond redemption. So we left him there to burn and die. There was no trying to turn him back. Anakin, please. You, you, you have a, a wife. She needs you. There was none of that. The Jedi need you. We can defeat the Sith. Instead, Obi-Wan started... Obi-Wan started talking in absolutes then. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. He had given up on Anakin completely at that point. So where does Vader get this insight? Obi-Wan once felt as you do. No, it, it just, there needs to be some sort of motivation for some of that dialogue. And that was stuff I, I felt for sure Lucas was going to provide in the prequels, yet he didn't. But that doesn't mean all is lost. There is this big period here between the two trilogies that could be filled in with an Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy. And it would be great to see him, you know, battling Tuskens, dealing with Jawas, dealing with the Lars homestead and the, and the cantina. Remember Obi-Wan, when he walks into the cantina with Luke says, this place could be a little rough. I would love to see the first time he walks into that place, you know, um, and gets to buy some death sticks. And you know Obi Wan, he likes to have a drink. Of course, he does. In 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 Attack of the Clones, the, the, the scene that's you just right. referenced, Obi, you know, uh, they walk into that. Where are you going?
0: To
1: that... get a drink. <laughs> right. right. Time a drink. for some yeah, beverages. I, I, yeah. No, I
3: think it. I think it would be great. I mean, this really jazzes me. I I love the idea. I loved you and McGregor as young or younger Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, to see more of that. And that's uh, to, to me. Um, that's one of the more fascinating stories is his uh, being marooned there on Tatooine. We've we've long speculated that it's... uh, We we, we assume that he'd gotten off the planet from time to time, that he'd had uh, contact with Bail Organa, perhaps, and that there were adventures that, um, you know, great stories to be told there of his time on Tatooine. Um, It's not like he was just... You know, setting up camp every day and looking through the binoculars at uh, young Luke. I mean, clearly that th- th- there
1: had to be more to his time there than that. How, um, about, how about how about he's communicating with with uh, Yoda from across the void of space? Because you know that Yoda and Obi Wan were able to communicate with each other via the Force, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and being trade. By Qui-Gon Jin, on how to cross over into the afterlife and as a read, hologram. You know, it was a hologram, of course. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, sure.
3: Um, so th- this would be outside. By the way, according again, according to this source, that this uh, trilogy of films would be outside of the anthology series. So this would be a whole other thing. You know, well, you think of it like if you think about the Marvel films, think about the Iron Man trilogy, right? Or the Captain America trilogy.
1: It's, it's a perfect template for how you can effectively pull off something like an yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy.
3: Now, there's one uh, little tidbit in here. You know, Jim, you and I, we didn't see uh, Gareth Edwards' appearance at Star Wars Celebration uh, when they unveiled that, uh, that cool Rogue One, whatever you want to call it, a teaser trailer, moving poster, or what have you. Um, but this story actually quotes Gareth Edwards' In discussing Rogue One because there was some talk about would Ewan McGregor appear in Rogue One as a young Obi-Wan Kenobi, younger Obi-Wan Kenobi by what a few months? I don't know. Um, But Gareth Edwards went on record and said that the absence of Jedi in this movie is omnipresent. The characters in the film realize that the, quote, gods are not coming to save us. It comes down to a group of people who don't have magical powers who band together to bring hope to the galaxy. So there's definitely an absence of that um, element, that mystical element in in Rogue One. So, uh, but, again, what do you hear? And in that teaser uh, video... Is Alec Guinness's quotes uh, from episode four before the dark times, before the Empire, and that whole thing?
1: Yeah, but that's kind of
3: that's just setting the table. I know, I know, but people are pointing to that. Is you know, is there some sort of connection between the uh, the the procurement of the Death Star plans and and Obi Wan? Does he somehow enable that? Does he help? who knows? But I, gotta, I, gotta, I do have to point out, Jim, that I, I think it's unlikely that, from based on what we see as a reaction to the Death Star, that Obi-Wan had been there before. That that's whole, no moon.
1: That's, that's no, no moon. moon. That's a space station. He recognizes that sucker. And...
3: No! And, that's not the way the line is delivered. It's not... I've seen that before. That's, that's a space station. No, no he's he seeing it, and he's like...
0: That he's getting no a moon.
3: feeling in the force. Ah, that's knows. no moon. That's a space station. It's not done with a, a feeling. It's not delivered with a
1: a sense of oh, I've seen that before. No, he knows. Not at all. No. He, he knows, knows
3: because he's getting a, he's getting oh. that vibe in the force. He
1: can find the Starbucks in that place. <laughs> he knows it so well.
3: All right. Um yeah. Time. So anyway, they're saying that there's enough sources out there uh, corroborating this whole idea of a Obi Wan Kenobi trilogy uh, with you and McGregor. That uh, they're saying that this 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 is more than a rumor. This is uh, um, they 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 seem to think that this is pretty likely, at least very likely that it's um,
1: being considered. So absolutely, and I hope it is. I I think this would this would just thrill the fans and not only that i think it's really very prime real estate to to tell an amazing story more than just fan service you know this would actually be something that could create some great star wars storytelling
3: hey before we wrap things up we do want to thank our second sponsor for this week, and that's our friends at Dorkside Toys. Uh, go to Dorkside for all of the latest Star Wars action figures, and not just Star Wars, but all the other big brands that you know and you love uh, at the very lowest prices around. Star Wars, they've got the Black Series, the 6-inch, the 3 and 3 quarter inch They've got the Star Wars Rebels figures, stuff that you're not finding in any of the brick-and-mortar stores, but you can get them there at Darkside. The Saga Legends, the Mission Series, the Pop Star Wars vinyl, they're all there Plus, you can pre-order so you never have to miss a figure. Uh, The the new Hot Wheels, they're there. Everything's there at at, uh, Dorkside. Best way to go so that they know that you came from Rebel Force Radio is go to ShotGlassDigital.com, click on the Dorkside banner, and boom, just like Hyperspace, you'll be there, ready to do some shopping. They'll know that you came from us, and you're going to uh, love your experience at Dorkside Toys, and we thank them so much for their support of us here at Rebel Force Radio. And feedback.:
1: You must contact me. Play back the entire message. What message? message doctor, the message.:
2: The Emperor commands you to make contact with him. It's a trick. Send no
3: reply.: All right, and uh, we got a uh, email from Spencer here. Uh, saying He says, I can't get enough of Rebel Force Radio, and I can't get enough of the Clone Wars. So I went back, started listening to old episodes of Clone Wars Declassified. I don't know if anyone has brought this up or not. Uh, maybe I missed it or forgot. But when you discuss Ahsoka in the last episode of Season 5, The Lost Jedi, Jimmy Mack calls mm. Ahsoka something. Well, who knows? Uh, that, <laughs> that may or may not be a coincidence
1: coincidence. Yeah, I called so her something. I hope it's not derogatory, whatever it is.
3: <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we got a clip here. Let's go back in uh, Let's go in the Wayback machine, Mr. Peabody, and let's listen to an episode, or a clip of Clone Wars Declassified. Jimmy talking about Ahsoka. What do you say? I would like to feel as though things kind of in, in, by the time we get to Return of the Jedi, that
2: maybe things could not have worked out the way they worked out without her. You know?
1: Wow! So well, she was like a, a linchpin in in many ways. She was she was a yeah. necessary fulcrum for everything oh! to work the way it was supposed to work. Whoa!
3: Wait a minute! Wait <laughs> a minute! <laughs> I, 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 I? think we need to hear it again. I think yeah, we I need to hear like it to again. Feel Let me.
2: As things kind of in in by the time we get to Return of the Jedi that maybe things could not have worked out the way they worked out without her. You know. Wow, well, so
1: she was like a, a linchpin in, in many ways. She, she was, she was yeah. a necessary fulcrum for everything to work the way it was supposed to work. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So we were talking about the final episode of season five, the episode where Ahsoka walked away from the Jedi Council, the, the lost Jedi. It was an episode that aired exactly two years to the date of Ahsoka's return to Star Wars in the uh, season finale of Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so two years prior to her reveal as the Fulcrum, uh, I I called her a Fulcrum on uh, Rebel Force Radio's Clone Wars Declassified. Amazing. So either I'm tapping into the Force or someone's tapping into me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know what? That's 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 really cool. That is, and cool. I I know Greg Weissman. Is the guy who uh, gave her the name Fulcrum? They they he gave her that code name, and I I don't recall anyone uh, telling me Greg Weissman actually listens to Rebel Force Radio, and uh, I don't think he's that into that kind of abuse. But um, maybe maybe oh, man, is that is that crazy that I said that? What what are the odds?
3: I don't know. I don't know. You're freaking me out lately, Jimmy Mac. General Maydeen to. <laughs> The fulcrum. You're on fire! Woo! The only one that remembers that General Medine mail away? Apparently so. Apparently so, because it never happened. But you could buy him in a plastic bag. In fact, my General Medine figure is still in a plastic bag. A little Ziploc baggie. Gotta keep all the pieces and parts together. You can't lose that wand. Or whatever. <laughs> what? Whatever it was called. The but- the action the baton. The baton. Yeah, the yeah. action baton. Yeah, he's like a majorette. Or a major. <laughs> Oh, anyway, hey, uh, big, big thanks to our sponsors this week. Uh, Harry's, of course, and Dorkside Toys. Really appreciate their support. And uh, as always, as always, the official snack cake of Rebel Force Radio and the Galaxy, Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Fantastic. Uh, love those guys. Um, if you'd like to be part of the show... In between releases of episodes, we'd love to have you involved in the conversation. You can drop us an email at show at rebelforceradio.com. The voicemail line, 708-320-1737, 708-320-1RFR. You can find us on Twitter at rebelforceradio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. We're on Facebook, we're on iTunes, and we're on the web at rebelforceradio.com. And we invite you to check out all of the programming at ShotGlassDigital.com as well. You can also hear Rebel Force Radio just about each and every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at SRSounds.com at SorcerersRadioSounds.com. That's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time, everybody. Love you all so much. Thanks for hanging with us. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm going to Disney World. And remember, the
0: Force will be with you always.
3: That Fulcrum thing is damn scary. Damn scary. Thank you.